Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of Dime Dropper Featuring, where we feature a guest that's either involved in the NBA or NCAA in some capacity. And in this case, we are very thankful to be joined by somebody who's had a very successful career acting. You might recognize him from Star Trek The Next Generation or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But for us, we recognize him for the recent season one of HBO's show Winning Time, playing the legendary chick hearn one of the most beloved faces of la sports ever mr spencer garrett thank you so much for joining us here on dime dropper welcome to the show good to be with you don good to see you man happy monday happy monday indeed so i guess i'll I'll start out with since the last time i heard from you was during the space uh malika walker's space the rewind on twitter i wanted to ask because that was in the middle of the season now that the first season is completed uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it obviously i'm a historian so any content on lakers or showtime lakers i'm gonna love what were your thoughts on the finished product after the first season came out and the reception i thought it was fantastic i thought uh i thought it got better and better and better as each episode went along and i have to say um and i'm not saying this because i was in the episodes but episode three five seven and ten were some of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Uh, I think it was the episode, uh, the episode when uh, when when uh, Spencer Haywood, played by the great Wood Harris, when he gets uh, kicked off the team. That great scene that he had with Kareem. Uh, I mean, just just beautiful work from all those actors, man. It was just, uh, I, I I'm I'm such a huge fan of the show. Even if I wasn't in it, I would be mm. a fan of the show. So I was really pleased to see how it coalesced. And came along, and uh, yeah, but the last two episodes, particularly nine to ten, that's when I had the most work that I had to do as Chick yeah. Hearn, obviously calling all those games. So that was that was fun for me to watch, but uh, I just thought it got better and better, and I can't wait to see what the writers have in store for us in season two. We go back to work sometime late August, sometime in the fall. We'll go back and we'll continue the story of these guys, and you'll start to see the evolution of Pat Riley. Obviously, you started to see. Adrian Brody started to slick his hair back a little bit. The mustache came off. I'm actually wearing a mustache, which I've never had before. <laughs> a, new, a new look for me, so it's weird to see myself on screen. I'm doing a play here in New York, so nice. I'm uh, I grew this mustache for the role. So anyway, yeah, I I love the show. I love the characters, um, and uh, I'm I I hope that uh, I hope Magic and Kareem and Jerry West, who have not been. <laughs> have been sort of vocally not great fans of the show. Uh, I thought they were very beautifully represented, and I hope they can kind of come on board down the line and start to appreciate what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, it, you mentioned some of the acting. I talked to, you know, all the people that watched the show, my dad even, everybody was really loving some of the jobs that the actors did, obviously you yeah. included, but, you know, Solomon Hughes as Kareem just did an awesome job. Incredible. A guy yeah. for a guy who's not an actor. He did. That's what I was going to say. You yeah. mentioned that Quincy Isaiah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was his first major role. Was that first what you said? major role. I mean, he, he is an actor. He's been knocking around L.A. for a couple of years. And uh, that was the first his first major gig. 
And boy, boy, does that dude knock it out of the park. He's just incredible. He killed it. Yeah. Absolutely Even his, his mannerisms is, yeah, my bad. Everything. He just he instantly became a star in my book. I mean, he's just so charming, so winning. Uh, every move he made in that show, I just thought was spot on. Just beautiful work. Yeah, his his even his facial expressions yeah. reminded me of magic. That was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Wood Harris, all of them, they did such a great job. I guess my next question, I was going to ask this later down the line, but since you brought it up right now, I guess I'll ask, how did it feel to, obviously it was a lot of mixed reception, tons of people loved it. Then there was obviously the actual players that felt so strongly about it. How does that feel? Hey, listen, you know, we're not making a documentary. Yeah. Um, it's based on accurate reporting and sourcing from Jeff Perlman's great book mm -hmm. from Showtime. So a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the tropes and a lot of the things that are covered in our show are based on real life events. Uh, you know, Chick Chick got banged up a little bit uh, for you know some of the kind of the casual racism mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, that that was exhibited in his character, and that was a, a byproduct of the times that they were living in. You know, the late seventies, early eighties. He did make some insensitive comments. Uh, at one time, and uh, and you know the writers kind of seized on that and and uh, and took advantage of that. But look, uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's a it's an incredibly well researched and well written show, and I think the real life counterparts, uh, particularly, I mean Spencer Haywood is a huge fan of the show. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I know. I follow Spencer. He's, I mean, he's come out and he. I was so excited. He started following me back on Instagram. And I and I've been DMing him back and forth. I'm I was so flattered and stunned, and he was telling me that I did a great job as Chick Hearn. So that's uh, that's enough for me. Yeah, he's like when Spencer Haywood said you captured him perfectly, uh, and also I got that from Rick Fox, from John Sally, from cats that played on the team that knew Chick. So that's that's enough of a uh, you know seal of approval for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, Jerry West, you know. At, at one point he said, you know, I never, I didn't throw any golf clubs and I never punched the walls and I didn't have a, I didn't have a temper. And, uh, right there in his own book in the West by West, uh, he talks about throwing golf clubs and, you know, all of that. So I, I, it's, uh, a little bit of selective memory going on. He said he wants to sue HBO and go to the Supreme court. I don't think that's a great idea. I think he should enjoy the show and enjoy it for the entertaining show that it is. Uh, which it certainly is. It's incredibly entertaining. It's fun to watch, and like I said, I think I think the uh, I think the, the the people that are represented are represented terribly well. I guess I guess the one thing with Jerry was because obviously he's such a well respected person, not just yeah. in in L.A. but in the entire league circles. I guess it wasn't because I know I'm very well aware of Jerry's troubled past and how he doesn't feel accomplished in his career and all that kind of stuff. I guess what really stuck out to me and a lot of fans was the the nature in which he was speaking or his name, his name is Jason Clark, the guy that depicted him. Yeah. 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 The, the way he was speaking kind of just cursing in every other sentence and just screaming like we saw him. Look, I guess I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to get into the weeds with that. That's, that's the way the writers wrote for him. Mm. Um, you know, you can, you can, you can bring that up with the writers. You can bring that up with Jason. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am, I'm an actor. I'm hired to do a job and I'm hired to, write the words that the writers say for me yeah uh, as as is as is mr clark who's a a consummate professional and a great mm -hmm. actor so um uh like i said that it's based it's based on a great book on jeff perlman's book i'm gonna leave it at that 
Yeah. So I guess my next question I for you is when you reference the chick stuff. So I want to just make it uh, clear to the audience. Um, chick had a, you know, a moment in 1997, I believe it was yeah. with one of the, I'm actually a Clipper fan. I know Laker, Laker fans watching this yeah. may give, gave me a hard time because I'm wearing the chick Hearn jersey. Hey, it's a chick Hearn jersey guys. Give me, give you, cut me some slack, but chick Hearn made a comment about Bo outlaw uh, yeah. hanging on the rim and said, he could be up there so long uh, he could get a banana or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to know uh, when you – obviously, as you say, you just get the lines and stuff like that. But when you got the lines, did you think to yourself, like, wow, like, did you, like, research to see if Chick made these comments? Or, like, were you curious? At, we when shot you the this? pilot three years ago. So I had three months before we shot the pilot to do research on Chick Hearn. Mm -hmm. And then we shot the pilot in the fall of 2019. We were supposed to go into production – uh, six months later, and then the pandemic hit, and we shut down for a year. So I had an additional wow. year to do my research. So I did okay. my homework on Chick. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that he made that comment. I knew he apologized about that comment the next day. Um, it, you know, it it was a, it was a uh, it was a statement that got taken out of context and got twisted and contorted. Um, if you if you look at if you go online, if you go on YouTube mm -hmm. and watch the memorial service for Chick Hearn. Uh, and watch the way Magic Johnson and Kareem and Shaq and people that were around Chick for all those years. He called 3,338 games over 41 years for the Lakers. Um, he was a part of that organization. He was a GM of the organization. Um, the way those players, the African-American players, in addition to Jerry West and everybody else, the way they spoke so lovingly and fondly of him, um, you know, any, any, uh, any discussion about, uh, you know, he was an inherent racist and all of that, that's garbage. You got to throw okay. that out the window, you know? Um, but yeah, he made that comment. He said, so-and-so hung, hung from the rim long enough to, long enough to eat a banana. And it got taken out of context. And then the next day he said, I was talking about the amount of time he was hanging from the rim, mm -hmm. you know, it was not so uh, things get twisted and contorted and, uh, and it's great clickbait for the internet and it's great, uh, fodder for the people that want to trash the show. But, um, uh, it's, I think it's, it's silly. So I guess my, my follow-up question would be in those studies of chick, did you find anything else besides that comment that happened to be like racially insensitive or anything? Not particularly. Okay, um, good. yeah. Well, yeah, we love to celebrate Chick Hearn here because the thing is, Chick is one of those uh, I'm, guys. I'm here to celebrate Chick Hearn. I'm not. Right, to yeah. talk, I'm, I don't want to talk course. about. You know, I don't want to get into the weeds. About no, no it. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, no, yeah. Because Chick here is like he's one of those people that uh, I've you know only been alive for 23 years, but I haven't heard a bad word about a guy. So, like for example, when when I saw that, my uncle, who's such a big Laker fan, was like, "Wow, like that that hurt." Like I, I'm I'm such a Chick fan, so obviously seeing that, but hearing it from you that say that you know you didn't find anything else, that's that's I'm happy to hear that as well. So I guess I guess I've also I mean listen, I read, you yeah. know, I read I did a lot of research. I read Chick's autobiography, which was a work in progress when he passed away. Mm. Um I mean it's filled with story after story after story after story uh of, you know, uh, of of anecdotes from his teammates, from his coworkers, from his family about him. Um he was he was a beloved man mm -hmm. and it was a different time. So I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. And to your point, Stu Lance immediately when he made that comment who came out and defended him like yeah. as well. Yeah. So I guess, okay. So I guess my next question was you talked about 
you know, getting the role and you had however many months to prepare. I guess I want to ask, how was the process of getting the role? Were you, did, did they approach you or did you approach them? Like, how I had an audition. I had an audition for the casting director for Francine Maisler, who casts all of Adam McKay's stuff. She casts mm -hmm. a lot of major films. Um, when I, I'd heard about the role, uh, my, and my manager happens to know Adam McKay plays basketball with him. And I'd heard that this project was in the wind and I'd met McKay a couple of times socially. And so I said to my manager, I said, you got to get me in that room because I can, I can embody this guy. I can, I can play him in my sleep. So you were a chick fan before already. Oh, sure. No, I mean, I, okay. I grew up. I grew up going to the forum and in, in oh, okay, yeah. Give us your background on that. We want, we'd love I mean, to I grew, listen. I grew up in Brentwood, Santa Monica. I mean, okay. I, I grew up '79. Uh, I was 14. I, I I was going to Laker games since I was 10, 11 years old with my with my wow. dad. So I was going to the original forum, uh, going to see uh, you know in the late '70s, and then Magic came along in '79, '80. Oh yeah. And it 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 changed. It changed everything. <laughs> it, it changed. It changed basketball and the, and the NBA. So, uh, you know, you saw what was going on. Going to the forum was like going to a rock concert. And, you know, and then watching Chick, watching the Laker games on Channel 9 in L.A., mm -hmm. uh, seeing Chick Hearn, watching him on, on daytime TV, watching him on Bowling for Dollars. He, had, he hosted a game show in the daytime called Bowling for Dollars. Wow. Um, he was around for a long, long time. So he was part of the, the cultural fabric of Los Angeles for as long as I remember growing up. So, when I got the audition, I went in and I dressed in a 1970s period suit. I went in and there was 15 pages of dialogue that I had to have memorized. It was Chick calling a game, watching the players go back and forth. And I did it. And I walked out of the room. And about two weeks later, I got a call and they said, you got the gig. So I don't know how many actors read for the role, but I had a feeling that I was, uh, I just, I felt like I was in the zone that day. And and uh, I was kind of channeling Chick. It was a, a, a guy that I grew up revering and, and watching and loving. And I went in and just tried to honor him as best I could. And that's what I do when I, when I go to work each day on the show. That's, that's awesome that you were a real fan of the Lakers and grew up in Los Angeles and got to represent oh, chick. I mean, oh, that's, sure. that's gotta be a bonus right there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm sure they saw a lot of people for the role, but uh, you know, I just, I, I, I felt like I was in a good, I was in a good position. I'd also heard that McKay had seen me in, in the Tarantino film and once upon a time mm -hmm. uh, playing a similar, you know, playing a broadcaster guy, playing that news interviewer guy. So I went in and I had that voice and I had that added attitude and I brought that into the room with me and I'm sure that helped, but yeah, I was, I was a longtime Laker fan. So uh, it's, it's, it's a thrill to be when we go on the soundstage at Warner brothers and they're recreating the forum with all 500 extras and I'm calling the games and the guys are back going up and down the floor it's like being there. I mean, it's like going back in time. So I guess I would ask too, were the, the act, something that people have been talking about and given some good reviews for is it's kind of hard to replicate NBA basketball being played, but the actors on the show actually did a pretty good job of having some decent scenes where the play, were those actors actually like good at solid basketball players? Oh yeah. Well, you got Jamel Atkins who plays, uh, he plays uh, uh, Jamal Wilkes. Yeah, he's an actual. He's a terrific basketball player. Devon Nixon, who is yeah, I'm assuming Norm Nixon's he had something. Mm -hmm. He's a terrific, a terrific ball player. Uh, Quincy Isaiah was a football player in Michigan, um, and and and, a, and a, a decent basketball player, but had to learn. He went to boot camp. I mean, he went to Rick Fox boot camp, learning how to. He had to learn how to move like 
Like and magic. Learn how to move like 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 Irvin Johnson. Yeah. He had to learn how to pass and dribble and all of that. You can't just run up and down the floor and dribble. I mean, he you know he moved a certain way. Larry Bird shoots a certain way. So yeah. these guys, Sean Patrick Small, who plays Larry, you know, had to learn that. You know, that overhead shot. shot. Yeah. So uh, all, all of that, uh, these guys, and obviously Solomon. I think Solomon played for the for the Globetrotters. Oh, really? How tall is he? I think so. If not, then he played in Italy. I know that. He played overseas oh, wow. in Italy. So a lot of these a lot of these cats were great, great ball players to begin with, and they just got better and better. And then uh there were there were doubles. Like there's a guy that uh uh there's a guy that doubles uh uh Dr. J, mm-hmm. who's who is a professional dunker. He goes around okay. the world dunking and he's extraordinary. So, you know. When when you had to see somebody go above the rim and slam it, yeah. uh, that's probably not an actor. It's probably uh, a basketball double, uh, because you know these actors are like we're working sixteen hours a day and they're working hard enough going up and down the court, but we're playing actual games and they're you know they're they're we're recreating, simulating the real games that were actually played. The same you know the same moves. So uh, so they use basketball doubles that are that are much better basketball players than the actors themselves. But guys like Devon, obviously, and Solomon are are superior ball players. How tall is Solomon? Solomon, I believe, is 6'11". Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's his, that's his perfect brother, guy to play uh, And his brother is like 7'1 or something. So he's a big dude. Wow. Yeah. So you said there were you guys were going to film, and then the pandemic happened. So yeah. during that year-long period, how – extensive was your research on chicks since you had all that time i watched i mean i i i go i go into a deep dive on whatever whatever job i'm doing mm-hmm. whether it's i mean if i'm playing sean hannity in bombshell i oh i watched that movie actually i didn't even realize that was you yeah it's me i mean i you know i i, I played a lot of real life characters I played bob huh. woodward in the front runner i played joe mccarthy i played tom delay in casino jack i played a lot of real life characters so i love playing real life characters and i love getting do you know Part of what an actor loves to do is play dress up and do the research. So, mm. uh, so with you know with Hannity, unfortunately, I had to watch a lot of Fox News, uh, <laughs> which was uh, stomach churning at times. But just to get his voice and his manner, yeah. all that. So yeah, with Chick, I mean, I had a lot of time. I probably watched a couple hundred hours. Wow, Chick Hearn on YouTube, and I got to the point where uh, I got to the point where I could, you know, I would screen mirror a game from YouTube onto my television set. And I would, uh, whether it was a championship game or just a random game, I would turn the volume down and I would just start calling the games. As oh, that's great. In my living room. I actually did it the other night. We had a, I'm here in Sag Harbor, New York, doing this play. Mm-hmm. And uh, we watched the, uh, we watched the first Celtics, uh, the first Celtics uh, Golden State game. And uh, that we had a, a little party after our opening night the other night. And uh, we were in somebody's living room and giant screen TV. Asked me to uh, to do the color play by play, so they turned the sound down, and I did the last five minutes of the of the of the game of uh, of Boston beating Golden State as Chick Hearn, and I got to do you know they wanted to hear the lights are out, the doors closed, <laughs> the eggs are cool, and the butter's getting hard, and the Jello is jiggling. So I I said that during a Celtics game, which might be sacrilege, but uh, <laughs> anyway, no, I mean Chick, the lines we you know there's so many of them that he. Couple oh hundred. Yeah, hold, on, hold on one second. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's all um, right. 
No, yeah, we could go. We could go all day with the the I chick one liners and like the lines. I mean, yeah. he's got so many. He has so many lines that people don't even realize were coined by him. Oh sure, uh, swish. Yeah, literally. Word, swish, slam dunk. You know, charity stripe, all of it. I mean, you know, he he, he coined so many of them. Yeah, it's incredible. So how was the actual filming? So when you got on set, the process of, you know, what goes into all that for people that don't know, you know, working with the other people and how many days, for example, you have to be there a week and all, all these kind of things and how long filming for season one really took. Six months to film. We started last April. Uh, we ended at the end of October. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm, I'm in makeup for three hours every morning, putting those wow. The nose, the ears, the chin, the wig, all of it. There's a lot of wig work on the show, but I'm the only one, I believe, uh, uh, Hadley Robinson, who plays Jeannie Buss. Mm -hmm. She's got a prosthetic nose. Sally Field had a lot of prosthetic stuff because when she goes through her cancer treatment. But, I'm, uh, but you know, Chick Hearn had this sort of long beak of a nose, and so they have to put that on every morning. And that's a long process to blend that in. It takes a couple hours. So it was about four, four hours uh, all told in makeup from 4 35 o'clock in the morning and then we'd get started around 11 o'clock you know go on to set and we work till 10 30 11 o'clock at night uh you know i toward the end i started working more days as as we got into the lakers playing the championship games um but like on days where i would have a scene with adrian brody like the fisting uh you know the, the whole scene with him where i'm saying is that real know, by the way was that a thing that chick did the fist in the hand yeah yeah, that okay. is that is a real thing that he did. I okay. got I became friends with his uh, uh, his granddaughter, with Chick's oh, granddaughter, awesome. and that was uh, uh, I'm, I I reached out to her. I met her before we shot the pilot, and I got great stories about her grandfather and pictures and uh, great 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 you know great stories, family stories That's awesome. about what it was like growing up with him. So uh, so that was a bonus, and I got to take that with me once we got into filming. Uh, you know, a year later, a year and a half later. So yes, yeah, so there were long days. There were long days, but I, as as the Chick Hearn character, I worked probably two three days a week. Um, but there was a, it was a hell of a lot of fun, and I would come to the studio on days when I wasn't even filming just to watch. Oh wow, that's awesome! So yeah. did you think that the the finished product was even better than you expected, or was it just as you expected? Even better than I expected because all of that exquisite camera work that they did, mm -hmm. they shot it on Super 8, 16. They shot it on VHS. It had that feel of watching, you know, a nineteen seventies you know, VHS, VCR, cassette tape vibe. It was just so, so perfect. It was so, the saturated film quality and all of that. It was just really gorgeous to look at. So uh, I thought it was incredible. It had all the hallmarks of a great Adam McKay film, all the humor, all the great acting. Uh, I mean, watching John C. and Adrian and Jason Siegel, Tracy Letts, who plays Jack McKinney, the coach. Uh, he he's now, a, did a great job. Did an incredible job. I mean, we had... I think we might be the only show in history that has two Pulitzer Prize winning playwrights in our cast. We had wow. we had Tracy Letts as Jack McKinney. We had Stephen Adley Girgis, who plays Frank Mariani, the accountant. He's the, the sort of roly poly guy that follows mm -hmm. follows uh, Jerry Buss around. So also a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. Um, great, great cast. Great acting. Just, you know, I mean, just a, a deep, deep bench of really talented people. So uh pretty pretty cool thing to be a part of so and i know season two is just going to be even better so season Especially, two and, and chicks chick will get his storyline will get more developed uh his backstory his life story will get we'll get into deeper depth you know about chick's life and because there's so many characters there's 23 
series regulars, I think. So you got a lot of stories to cover. Um, and they're all worth covering. I mean, they're all brilliant to watch, all those amazing actors. So I hope we get a little bit more chick in season two. But uh, it's just, you know, it's an incredibly fun thing to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine. I was going to ask too. So this upcoming season, people were asking, um, is it going to solely cover the 80-81 season? Do you guys not know that? No yet? idea. Okay. No idea. My I, guess, I, even even if I did, I I, w- I wouldn't tell you. Okay, I, no, fair I, enough. I'd have I'd get I'd get thrown in jail by HBO. So <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't want to get you in any it, trouble. The book the book Showtime takes place between seventy nine and eighty five, eighty six, or something. So I'm assuming it's going to be a continuation of of the story. You know of the, of that of that Showtime story that goes from when Magic comes on board, and then obviously we'll get into a rivalry with the Celtics and the Larry Bird rivalry, the Red Auerbach. All of that. So it's just going to be a continuation of season one. Yeah, my my guess, obviously this is my hypothesis here, is that it's going to be um, 80, 81 will be very quick. And I think 81, 82 will be the bulk of, because there's so many storylines you can go with that season between the magic, getting the fact. Could go, could go anyway. I don't, I have no idea. No, I know. There's I have no idea what the writers have in store. There's yeah. a lot of there's a wealth of material in that book, so yeah. Um, That's another I mean, thing. I, I, yeah. Ideally, I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see the show go, you know, at least three four seasons, if not five. So yeah. hopefully we will hopefully we'll get that kind of a run. Yeah, I mean I I uh, no yeah that eighty one eighty two season with Pat Riley getting hired and and Magic um, with the whole Westhead controversy. I mean I yeah. that can be straight out, that can be perfect TV show material. Yeah. So I'm guessing yeah. that that will definitely be around. Yeah. I, I guess. Uh, my, yeah, my, I mean, obviously, Adrian, Adrian will be back. John C. Mm-hmm. will be back. Uh, I don't know who's coming back. I don't know. I don't know who else is coming back from from season one. I, I really don't know nothing. They keep me in the dark. So oh, I'm, I'm just I'm as curious as you are. So I guess I should ask, what did you learn about? Because that, one thing that I actually really liked about your character was seeing the relationship with with Pat Riley and and Chicken the show about Pat you know, trying out for the uh, color commentary position and how yeah. Chick wasn't really feeling him at first, I guess. Cause I haven't, I think this show honestly is a great advertisement for Jeff Perlman's book. I, I put it on my, on my list. You know, I definitely want to read it. So I, Oh, you should. Yeah. It's, it's hard to find now. It's, actually, oh, really? it's hard to find on Amazon. It's actually, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's uh, pretty expensive to find out Amazon. So, Jeez. Uh, but it's definitely, it's a good read. I mean, it's, it's already selling out on Amazon. Yeah. And I think HBO, from what I understand, HBO has optioned the book that he wrote after that, Three Ring Circus, about magic and oh yeah, uh, Kobe, and Shaq. And Kobe and yeah, and the Phil Jackson era, yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna pick up Showtime. I guess my question was, what did you know about Pat Riley and, and Chick's relationship during that whole process, like the actual relationship? I, I mean, I, I knew based on based on reading Showtime and based mm-hmm. on reading Chick's book. Yeah, uh, there's a great. I think it was in. I want to say it was in 93 or 94, there was a tribute to Chick Hearn that they had at the forum. And I have, I bought online, I found on eBay, I found the program from it. And there was a a letter that Pat Riley had written to Chick Hearn. Uh, There was sort of testimonials from different people that Chick worked with, from Jerry West and from Westhead and from all the people in the organization that Chick worked with and around. But there's a beautiful letter, uh, a very funny kind of funny and sarcastic letter that Pat Riley wrote to Chick about their relationship. I mean, it was a a teacher-student, kind of mentor-student relationship that they had. I mean, Chick was the man, you know, and for Pat to get that gig as the side man, as the color man, was a big deal. And uh, I mean, I was certainly was not aware when I got the job that Pat Riley started out as 
Chick's color man as his assistant. Um, I just assumed I, growing up, I just assumed that Pat Riley was the coach of the Lakers. That's what I knew. So I didn't know that he, you know, he's, you know, the scene on the plane where I handed my dry cleaning and, uh, you know, and, and things like that. So uh, I knew about the, I knew about the fist thing, but, uh, yeah. but it was, a, it was a great relationship. It was a loving relationship. It was a teasing relationship. It was a fun, a fun the fun vibe that they had with each other. So it was, uh, if you can find it as a, as a historian, you should find the Chick Hearn tribute program. I think it was 82 or 83, something like that, but there's great, great stories in there. And it has all the Chickisms. you know, he's got him in the popcorn machine, all of that, all of the great things that Chick said, it's all in there. And it's a great tribute to Chick. I got to look for it. I, yeah. I also wanted to ask, was, was that true that he was a little bit skeptical of Riley as a, as a broadcaster at first? I listen. I, again, uh, I, the the writers wrote it, so they. Oh, I was wondering it. if that was like from the, in the book or something. I think I think it was. I think it was in the Showtime book. Yeah. I think okay. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. You know. Um. But I mean, say you know, saying your your voice is not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, Chick didn't want anybody to impose on his turf. Yeah. Uh. You know, he didn't want anybody to to take his gig. You know. Yeah. Pat, Pat's nice. a young, good-looking guy. Chick was sixty-three when this starts. Uh, in, in 79, Chick was 63. Pat was in his thirties, late twenties, early thirties. So, you know, maybe he didn't want him to impose on his turf. So that's why he was sort of keeping him at his at arm's length. But, uh, but they had a great relationship. He had a great relationship with everybody. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I guess I'm going to ask you some, just some quick ones real quick before we end. Um, who was your favorite, uh, person to work with if you had to pick? Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna trap with that. I love. I loved them all. Oh, I, good. Mean, I had most of my scenes with Adrian. I had two great scenes with Adrian. The first time he and I, when he comes into the office and I'm dyeing my hair. Yeah. Uh, that was the first time I'd met Adrian. We met that afternoon. We ran our scenes in the in the trailer together and worked it out. And then we went, walked onto the set. We had that great vibe with each other. Uh, I mean, I I had most of my stuff with him, so I obviously enjoyed working with him mm -hmm. probably more than anybody else because I had more stuff with him, but yeah. I've known John C. Riley for 30 years. I love John. Uh, I love being around Jason. When we shot the games, you know, obviously John was around um, the great uh, actor, Brett Cullen, who plays Bill Sharman. Loved he, being around oh my him. God. I was going to say he was amazing. The voice he, was incredible. Uh, Cause yeah. I know Bill Sharman has that vo has voice. voice. Yeah. 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 He, he captured, he captured that voice. He's a terrific actor, Brett. He's been around forever. Great, great character guy. And and John C. I've known forever. And uh, I, I just, I loved everything about it. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, a pretty democratic in my assessment of the whole experience. It was, uh, it was pretty great all the way around. But uh, I, I, it could not have been better cast. It was, could not have been more perfectly cast. And everybody's just, you know, at the top of their game. Sally Field, you know, I walk into the makeup trailer. I look over, there's Sally Field sitting next to me. You know, you got Oscar winners and Oscar nominees and Pulitzer Prize winners. And I just pinch myself every day I came to work. That's awesome. Yeah. What about favorite Laker? Favorite Laker? Wow. I got to say, I was really, I was a Jamal Wilkes guy. Wow. Back in the, back in the early days. I love Silk. I love Jamal Wilkes. And then uh, I went to Duke. So, uh, you know, it was great to see Worthy. Uh, I loved, I loved James. Um, even though he's a Carolina guy, what's that? Even though James is a Carolina guy, I love. I, I'm, a, I'm an ACC guy, so I mean, James was at Carolina when I was at Duke, and so oh, awesome. 
Duke was not a great team when I was there. I was there in the late seventies, early eighties. I was there before Shashevsky came. Yeah. Uh, and before they became the great, you know, powerhouse that they were. So I used to go to Chapel Hill to watch this kid, Michael Jordan play, you know, wow. that everybody was talking about, you know, so it was Jordan and, and Worthy and Perkins and, but I also love By Byron Scott was a blast to watch too. I love watching Byron. And then in the later years, uh, certainly, you know, Kobe, obviously Kobe was thrilling to watch. I'm set, you know, sad, sad that we lost him. Yeah. Um, but you know, what an incredible talent he was. So I watched, I got to see him. One of the last games that I saw at, in, in the Staples Center, uh, I saw, I saw Kobe uh, drop 50 points. This is two years ago, three years ago. I guess right before he passed, he passed away three years ago. So uh, I I got to watch him drop 50 points, uh, you know, just just lit the place up. It was it was incredible, you know, so I, I, I loved him. But I would I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say probably Byron. Wow. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. Mine is probably I would say even though I didn't grow up with him, Magic, I just for me, he just resembles everything I love about basketball yeah. with his enthusiasm yeah. and his passing. But yeah. And I guess my, my last question would be, what would you say to any? aspiring actor like the passion for it like how did you like what how did you become spencer garrett like you know what i'm saying how what's the oh man i'm 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 still becoming spencer garrett i'm i'm still i'm a work in progress i'm uh you know i'm here i haven't done a play in 10 years so i'm here in sag harbor new york doing a, a play directed by jason alexander the great jason alexander from seinfeld it's a wonderful play with great young actors I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to get better. I'm still in class. I still study. I still read plays all the time. I still go to the theater. I went to see five plays while I was in Manhattan rehearsing for this play. Uh, I was in Manhattan for three weeks rehearsing this play. I went to the theater probably eight times and soaked up as much theater as I could. So I would say to any young actor, see as much theater as you can. Um, go back and watch the classic films. Uh, even if you're born in the 80s or grew up in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, go back and watch the classics from the 40s, 50s, 60s. The golden the golden age of filmmaking for me is the 1970s. Um, I know I'm talking way before your time, but no, but I'm just, I like the, I like the giving giving flowers to the past is one thing I do, so I yeah, love it. Absolutely. So you know, go back and watch go back and watch the greats. Watch Gene Hackman and Robert Duvall and Jack Nicholson and. The great films from the 1970s. That's where I learned. That's what I grew up watching. Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman. Right before I came on with you, I was watching uh, the uh, the Paramount Plus series, The Offer, which is about the making of The Godfather, mm. uh, which is a, a, a fun fun thing to watch, you know. And so, I, I I grew up watching The Godfather and The Godfather films, and watching you know watching Al Pacino, who came from out of nowhere. So uh, I I love all of it. So I'm you know I'm here doing a play. Um, feeding my theater Jones, feeding my need to be on stage uh, and do some comedy, which I don't get to do that often. And then we finish this in June and I'll go back to work in the fall on the Laker thing. And I've got a couple of things coming out that I'm promoting and a couple of things that I'll do in between before we start work on uh, season two. But, uh, you know, how, how did I become Spencer Garrett? Man, I'm still working on it. That's a great answer. Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Mr. Garrett, for joining us. Uh, it was great insight, and I'm super excited for season two. I was telling my dad yesterday that uh, it feels like our Sundays are missing something. We, we miss yeah. it once yeah. a week. So. I know. I was sad when it ended, right? Yeah. Episode 10 was such a great episode.
And I just, I wish they, I wish we could have done 20, 20 episodes this season. So we'll get back to work. We'll put some more shows on the air for you. We'll get them out soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. And make Thank sure to follow, you. make sure to follow us, uh, Mr. Garrett on Twitter. I follow him. So I'm at, uh, I'm at one Spencer Garrett on Twitter. And then uh, on an Instagram, I'm Spencer Garrett one, Spencer Garrett number one. We'll so check it out. I'm going to make sure I follow you on Instagram as well. Thank you so right much. On, please do.